Source for all things San Jose hockey. I'm C. Morley, managing editor of SB Nation's Fear the Fin. I am full of pumpkin pie. <laughs> lucky pumpkin. I'm pie. also healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also very lucky. I am not. I'm very sick. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. So if anybody, everyone wants to jump on there and be like, "Uh, C so didn't sound that great. C is sick," and we're still putting this out for you with all the love and care that we normally would. Yeah. I I always get sick when I travel. It's like a curse i don't know like <laughs> i tweeted about this the, uh the other day it was like well-meaning family member it's so cool how much you get to travel and then me i've had six throat infections this year <laughs> like <laughs> that is literally my life it's horrible so my sinuses are just shot my voice is not great it's all it's all good it's fine <laughs> i ate so much yesterday for thanksgiving that i had to lie on my floor and recover because my stomach hurt so much. It's about the only bad thing that happened to me. And I was also drunk, so like it didn't help. But yeah, I was. That's not nearly as bad as you because I feel fine today. Was the turkey good at least? I don't like turkey. Turkey's overrated. What? Yeah, turkey, turkey sucks. Good. So, so but like the best part of the turkey is the neck. And what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the neck is the best part. So that's I get to eat the neck. Take. No, no, neck is the best part by far. So I get to eat the neck, and then I'll grab some dark meat, and then I'm there for the sides. The turkey's yeah, dark, not the meat of it. Dark meat is the way to go, though, for sure. Yeah, these weirdos that eat white meat, and then they just, like, kill it in gravy. I'm just like, so what's the point? Just get dark meat. It tastes good. And, like, skin, if you pull out a chunk of dark meat and there's some skin attached to it, like, mm-hmm. but if my Thanksgiving never had turkey again, I'd be, like, okay with it. Just mashed potatoes, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower with cheese or broccoli with cheese, gravy. I don't know. What else do we have? We had coleslaw. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Turkey's the worst part. And then pumpkin pie and pecan pie. This isn't our Thanksgiving episode, but do you guys do baked beans? Is that a thing? Hell no. That's weird. All right. <laughs> we'll save this on. for November. Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise we'll get real real deep in this. Um, so uh, while we were doing Thanksgiving, if you're Kyle, or my brother's wedding up north, if you are me, <laughs> uh, the Sharks on Sunday played the Calgary Flames and got their second win of the season. Woohoo! <laughs> so- uh, it's two, two in a row, which means it's officially a streak. Yeah, <laughs> and they are not officially in the bottom of the standings. So, well, they're in the bottom as a broad concept, but as far as the the last place in the league, they're not they're not there. So, <laughs> last, last place in the league is da, 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 da. oh man, they're way ahead. So they have four points, and everybody below has three or two: Chicago, Arizona. Dallas, who's played seven games, Minnesota, Jesus. Ottawa, and New Jersey, who's also played six. Man, New Jersey sucks. I mean, New Jersey's the only team without a regulation win. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> Let me phrase that again. New Jersey's the only team without a win. <laughs> oh. There's zero, four, and two. Even yeah. Ottawa has a win. Ottawa beat Tampa Bay somehow. Jesus. Don't, don't know really how that happened. <laughs> um, very confused. And then San Jose's tied with Cumbus, LA, Vancouver. And the New York Rangers. It's all weird. Like the standings are so weird at this time of year. Like Edmonton's five and one as of right now. Buffalo's leading the league at five zero and one. Like I don't know. Anaheim's four and two. So it's nothing to be concerned about. No, but it is at least a little reassuring that 
the sharks are moving on up. <laughs> well, it's nice to see that they came to life. <laughs> yes. And this was actually a very good game. Like, it was uh, entertaining to watch. They they played well. and Against the division I, rivals, a big thing, too. Yes. And it, Calgary was... There was a lot of things Calgary was doing that they were playing well, and they were also trying... I think my main takeaway from this game is that they were trying to goad San Jose into, like, taking dumb penalties and getting into fights. And once it, like, kind of became clear that they were not going to outscore San Jose, they were just trying to bring out the physicality in San Jose in hopes that maybe it would work out in their favor, whether that was through putting San Jose on the penalty kill or... Uh, removing some of the players from the ice. Uh, and San Jose just like straight up did not go for it. There was one point, I think it was Barkley Gaudreau, was just like staring at them while they were trying to like fight him. <laughs> He's like, nah. Like, <laughs> nope, they're coming at him like in a scrum, like all, uh, you know, after the whistle or whatever. And he was just like, mm, I'm good. Like, I'm real good <laughs> if we don't do this. <laughs> and so, like, First of all, it was hilarious. And second, <laughs> that's good. That's like, I mean, that was, that's always going to be a weakness against division rivals. Those games get so heated. To see them not fall into that trap was really, really nice. It would be nice if they did this against Vegas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would be nice. But uh, yeah, the only dumb penalties were just Brent Burns taking dumb penalties, but that's nothing new to anybody who's watched right, the Sharks right. for like five seconds. But even, even the one penalty he took led to a goal. Anyway, and it was it wasn't it was basically what you wanted, especially coming off of the beginning of the season and heading in from the Chicago game where it wasn't exactly a defensive display. It was nice to see them actually put together a more complete game and the big dogs came to play like Logan Couture banked went in off Timo Meyer's skate to get him off off the schneid. Thomas Hurdle and Logan Couture scored the shorthanded goal. Uh, Marlowe got another assist. Eric Carlson got an assist. Hurdle and LeBanc have the nicest goal I've seen all season so far. So it was nice to see the actual guys who are supposed to be there scoring, score and do stuff and control play. Because even if they're not scoring, they're controlling play. That's one thing. But there wasn't, they weren't controlling play or anything early in the season. So it was nice to see them come out against a talented Calgary team and just own the game, basically. Yeah. Tomas Hurdle finished the night with two points. Uh, LeBanc finished the night with one point, Meyer with one, Couture with two, Carlson with one, Marlo with one. Like, those are... <laughs> Saying Marlo is really weird still. <laughs> I know. It is so strange. It's like, I'm never going to get used to that. But, yeah, it's it's very, like, it's just good to see those top players performing when early on it was like, Meyer and Couture especially were, were struggling and uh, we kept saying the goals were coming, so it's nice to see it play out. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, Dylan Gambrell also came to life. That was by far the best hockey game he's ever played for San Jose. Yeah. Like, there's just, yeah. There's just, like, he Not actually that that's a like... high bar to clear. <laughs> no, no, no. In, in his 11 previous games, he had three points all this season. So it's not like he had anything to, like, surpass. But it was nice to see him be, like, an actual NHL player. And I, Pete DeBoer gave quotes saying that, it, like also complimenting him on his game and saying that I think he knew he was getting close to being cut and that's kind of our fault for putting him in bad positions. That's kind of dumb that you had to basically put a guy right on the fire before he started performing. That doesn't bode well for when he's safe in the lineup and asking him to do more is kind of shitty, especially because I think they had him penciled into like a bigger role in the team. So, I mean, if he's just going to be a fourth line guy, that's fine. But like, it was nice to see him come to life and maybe settle down one of the 
the mystery spots that is going to somebody. I mean, the key for Gambrell is going to be consistency. And I don't know necessarily that he's shown that he can do that, especially the fact that they played him on wing before and it just did not work at all. I mean, it's pretty easy for a center to shift to wing as opposed to a wing to shift to center. Mm -hmm. And he could not handle it. That to me says that there's a bigger underlying issue there, but I'm glad I mean, he did have a good game, and I I will give him 100 percent credit where he's due. He had a great game against Calgary, but I am we still, need more. <laughs> yes, I, that's exactly what I was gonna say. We are still looking for more from Gambrell. And see, do you want to see Dylan Gambrell play the Carolina Hurricanes on Wednesday? Oh, gee, Kyle, I don't know. <laughs> what about what about going to the theater? Oh, I do love the theater. Well, why don't you use Vivid Seats next time? Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to writing fans live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime, like going to the theater. Oh, yeah. Doesn't Vivid Seats have an app? They do. And with the app, you get Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. With rewards, statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn from 10% to 16% credit in all their purchases through our app. And every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. That means you can go out to wherever you want to go and you know that your tickets are going to be good and you're not going to get up to the ticket booth and be like, what do you mean these are fake tickets? Because of the 100% guarantee from Vivid Seats. And as a listener of Locked on Sharks, Vivid Seats has an offer for you. Enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to 100 Hundred dollars. That's postseason at checkout with Vivid Seats to receive a discount of up to one hundred dollars. Another another thing I'd like to point out again: credit where credits due. Martin Jones, real life breathing human being in that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes. Like only allow one goal. <laughs> yes, and if anybody says two or fewer, I will punch them in the face. Um, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But anyway, that's besides the point. Martin Jones made actual real big timely saves i know there wasn't a ton to do well actually calgary had a lot of made 32 saves i mean like that's i take that back martin jones had a lot to do yeah and especially the one that sticks out is the one where brent burns just gives the puck up and then takes out the flame at the blue line but springs another flame for a breakaway and he makes the pad save martin jones looked good you got to give the guy credit 31 saves on 32 shots is a real life goaltender yeah (laughs) did you see the I think we talked about it in Slack. The comment from Pete DeBoer about playing Aaron Dell last season. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, he Pete DeBoer basically said that he wanted to play Aaron Dell more, but he told Deller that he was not good enough for him to play more. So they have to keep going with Martin Jones. Lot to unpack there. Yeah. Like I don't even know where to start because the the premise alone that. Aaron Dell needs to give Pete DeBoer a reason to play him when the alternative was Martin Jones, who was just constantly shitting the bed. Like that'll that's a reason right there. Like Dell shouldn't have to give it to you. Martin Jones is giving you a reason yeah, to play Aaron Dell. Just play him. It can't be any worse than Martin Jones. Right. Like <laughs> but this and this all came out after Dell had a really good game in Chicago. Maybe this year he'll play Delmore because of that, because that game was really good. And if he keeps that up, I just don't know. Regardless, I mean, Martin Jones needs some load management at this point. Yes, please manage better loads. The classic Pete line, though, is, yeah, but getting Aaron Dell into two out of the first four games wasn't anything to do with these. This was just getting him some games. It's like, okay, so you're doing the same thing as last year or not? 
because yeah. he well, he did things. say that. Yeah, last year it was that he wanted to get him in early, which a lot of coaches do. I mean, like that's usually most NHL teams you see the backup goalie within like the first six or so games. I I think you you tend to just keep them ready to go, and part of that is playing them a little bit early on. And uh, when the stakes are a little bit lower, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it was just funny because he said, "We want, we want Dell to be better so I can play him more." And then he followed it up with, "But I'm not, I'm not playing him more right now. I'm just playing him a regular amount." It was just right. Yeah, funny. I was just like, "Okay, man, whatever, whatever you want." It's all very confusing. Yes, Danielle, you're taken. Is dead. He is the new. He is the new corpse. Tim Heed lives. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about Heed too is that let me look up how how much he played because I kind of. Forgot that Tim Heed was in this game. <laughs> he got to play with Ferraro. They looked actually good. Heed Ferraro yeah. looked like an actual thing, too. I really liked it. That's not saying much because who knows what Pete saw. But just before we talk about Tim Heed, I think Mario Ferraro is here to stay. Yeah. According to according to the Pete DeBoer quotes where he said that he's liked Ferraro's game from day one. And he also pointed out that the mistakes that Ferraro is making is not like dumb mistakes or boneheaded plays or anything like that. He's making... He's just making mistakes that, that happen to every hockey player, basically, yes. to sum up the gist of it, which is nice to see him realizing that he's a young player, so he's going to make some mistakes, and he's not just throwing him immediately under the bus or giving him a short lease, and that it's just fun to see that an actual really talented young defenseman is going to stick around. Yeah. Sorry, I'm pulling up natural stat trick. It's natural stat trick. It's hard word to say. It is, especially when you're from Michigan and you slur all of your words together. But natty saddy trick, <laughs> natty saddy, uh, um, do the, sh- <laughs> the um, the Corsi chart is just so funny. So it looks like Burns and Carlson played the most, obviously. It's amazing that Burn Burns can play 25 minutes of hockey while sitting in the box for four, <laughs> yeah. So Ferraro got dropped down to 12 minutes, and again, I think part of that has to do with who he's getting paired with. Uh, I think. DeBoer is kind of settling down the line blending in terms of defense, but the the forward lines, with the addition of Patrick Marlowe, I think the forward lines are getting blended less, and the defense for the last two games has pretty much stayed put from the beginning of the game to the start of the game. And so Ferraro's 12 minutes next to Tim Heed's just under nine minutes. <sighs> That's that's still good. There's a clear separation is. of the of the of the Schmo and yeah. Ferraro. Like Ferraro is clearly the fifth, but if you look at the other four, they're all above 23, 24 minutes, which yeah isn't. I don't like that all of them are playing heavy, heavy, heavy minutes already. Yeah, and the difference between all situations and five on five time on ice, Ferraro and Heat only have about a minute difference when it comes to five on five. So Ferraro's getting some special teams time, and that's nice. I believe it is on the PK. Yes, that's he's good. yes, he's still getting played on the penalty kill. So that's that's awesome. a trusting. That's yes. a trusting with the exactly. coach. So that's good. That I. I think when Shimek comes back, I don't see how you can pull Ferraro out. I just, I, I just don't see how you can do it. But I think you just kind of, especially if you're going to run the four top guys. But see, yeah. again, if Shimek comes back and plays with Burns, you can run three pairs, basically. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's nice to see Ferraro living and breathing. And he looks good. He actually looks really good. Like, I don't yeah. know. He belongs. He belongs. And it's, it's nice that Pete DeBoer says he belongs as well. Yes, I agree. Did you see the... Patrick Marlowe tribute video. 
no, I'm not. I'm not a big tribute video guy. I saw the one. <laughs> I saw the one two years ago. Yeah, he left and came back. <laughs> right. Well, he got a little tribute video played during the game. It was during the first period, and they played highlights from the game in Chicago. Since obviously his first game was on the road, they played just little clips from that. I think it was only like a minute long. Like it wasn't very long at all. And then some quotes from. I can't remember if it was DeBoer or Wilson, who, uh, you know, whoever spoke to the media was like, I'm here to tell you that Patrick Marlowe has returned. And it's, it's really sweet, actually. Like, I thought I would feel weird about seeing Patrick Marlowe on the ice again. I thought that it would take me a while to get kind of get used to it, but, or at least to not feel some level of resentment. I kind of let go of all of my resentment about Marlowe when Austin, I wrote about this too. When Austin Matthews did his tribute at the All-Star game, that kind of let me help me like let go of feeling like bad, I guess, about Marlowe or bitter or whatever, because the I saw the impact he has across the league as, you know, this really legendary player that he is. But I thought him coming back, I would feel like, well, like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs> like, you can't come crawling back here. But I don't. I don't feel that at all. And I'm relieved that I don't feel that because I don't like feeling that way as a person. But especially as a sports fan, like, he's here to entertain me. Let him do what he wants. But, yeah, it was actually very touching. And he He teared up. Yeah, you could tell he was tearing up. You know, he wipes his face at one point. So you don't know if he actually cried or not. But it's it's very sweet. And I, I did appreciate that. Yeah, I don't. Man, he left to chase the money and the rings, and it didn't work, so whatever. That's on you. My big thing is if he's going to continue to play like he has the first two games, then fine. Great. Yeah. Welcome, welcome right. back. I'm just, here, I'm just here for how he's playing on the ice. So if it's going to yeah. be good, it's going to be good, and I'm happy. And there's nothing like starting out returning with a two-goal game and then getting a cheap assist but also looking good with the top line throughout the thing. Now, the only thing to be concerned about is his – stamina uh going forward but for right now you can't say much bad about him like i mean he is he is what he is and he played how many minutes did he play he played 15 minutes um mm-hmm. so it's not like he he played more than LeBanc. he played more than melker <laughs> obviously gambrell thornton oh poor leon bergman only played six minutes when is he yeah. getting sent down he seems to be the know. obvious candidate yeah i, I guess when Sorensen comes back Probably. That would be my assumption. And Radil only played 8-16. Radil did not look bad, though. He really did. No, he also looked better. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think I I would like to see it. I'd like to see, again, same as with Gambrell, with Radil. I need to see more consistency of putting it together throughout the games. Yes. Um, Like, Gambrell completely turned around and had his best game. So I need to see, like, two, three, four, five of these in a row. And same with Radil. I think those are the guys that are at the bottom. And it's going to be... Tough decisions, especially when Sorensen comes back. But hey, yeah. they beat the Flames, which is a sweet division win, and you can't be complaining about that. And then uh, because they're going to play Carolina on Wednesday, it's going to be tough. Yes. So we said that this would be the game against Calgary would be kind of a test to see if they can continue to build on the win in Chicago. I think the Carolina game is just a test, like straight up. It is just going to be a test because Carolina is very good right now they take a billion shots yes and this (laughs) this next stretch of schedule we talked about this before but it's carolina back to back against buffalo well not back to back game but um home and home yes home and home against buffalo and then montreal and toronto it is not an easy schedule for the rest of the month 
and this Carolina game, they have to take advantage of the fact that they're at home and that they're coming off of two two wins that showed improvement from everyone that we needed to see improvement from. So that's that's going to be a test. And Carolina is on the second night of a back-to-back. They play in LA the night before, which isn't a test at all. And then they, but they do travel and come and play San Jose. So we might get Reimer. Does Reimer get a video package? Has he returned yet? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think he's actually played in San Jose since. Huh. They might. They might. Well, they're doing like a one A one B, so they might play Reimer against LA and Mrazek against San Jose. It doesn't right. really matter. They're both. No, he good, won't so. get a video. <laughs> <laughs> he won't get a video. No. Where's my Nick Spalling tribute video? God damn it! Oh, um, I wonder if he's still playing abroad. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Carolina's going to be tough. If they lose, whatever. If they win, that would be awesome to build the momentum. But the key is San Jose has looked better against Anaheim than they looked way better against Nashville. Looked awesome against Chicago in certain aspects, and they looked like a real team coming together against whoever they just played, Calgary. Yeah, so we'll do a full preview episode for Carolina tomorrow. If you want to send us some questions, you can do that on Twitter at LockedOnSharks, or you can send them through Gmail at LockedOnSharks at gmail.com. Just make sure you put, like, mailbag or something in the subject line. And, yeah, we won't do, like, a full mailbag episode. But if you have some questions about the Carolina game, we are more than willing to answer those on air tomorrow. We want to say thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song Idlewild as our intro and outro. If you want to follow Kyle on Twitter, <laughs> you can follow him at Kyle Demetrius. If you want to follow C on Twitter, follow them at Now You See Me. It's S-I-E, just how they spell their name. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? I'm going to save my Thanksgiving thoughts for <laughs> for, <laughs> for, for Thanksgiving. I guess my only thought would be uh, long live Mario Ferraro. Yeah.